Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook question and answer podcast out of Supercoach BBL Round 3. Tim Williams on deck. Uh, it's a short turnaround into Round 3. The 3.30 start time on Saturday, the first game of the round. Let's pretty well get straight into business for this week's podcast because along with the questions, there's a little bit to get through. Uh, it's Christmas time, festive season. I'll be on the road at the conclusion of this podcast, heading to God's country, Kuma, heart of the snowy mountain, straight after it, looking forward to it. Speaking of Kuma, the mighty Kuma Stallions, a fairly decent bounce back in round two after a stinker in round one, 1,039 points in round two to shoot up to 12,000th, I should say, overall. So, don't get me wrong, a hell of a long way from where we, we want to be after two rounds, but was improvement well set up for this round with nine or ten double game week players. Uh, also a couple stashed for the Thunders double next week as well. So hopefully we see a few more green arrows on the horizon. Guys, the SC Playbook subscription package has dropped to $20 for the remainder of the BBL season. We've got, what, seven or so rounds to go, so plenty of time left in that. So if you would like to support uh, SC Playbook, all the work that goes into it, and get our extra premium content, access to our WhatsApp group, the questions on this podcast, all that good stuff, uh, jump in and you can go to scpublic.com.au, go to the menu and you can subscribe via that a uh, quick look at the weather for this round. It all looks pretty good. We should have a clear run of things. There is a little bit of a watch on the opening game of the round, and that is today's Stars versus Thunder Clash in Albury at Lamington Sports Ground. Forecast as of uh, about 10 a.m. Saturday morning, shower or two, 30 degrees, 60% chance of zero to two millimetres of rain, the chance of a thunderstorm in the afternoon and evening. Tim Bailey at your service. Thank you very much. Uh, it looks like it should be okay, but there might be a few showers around. Probably storms are um, almost more the greater issue uh, this evening or this afternoon, I should say. So just keep an eye on that because if there was to be some decent sort of rain here, again, doesn't look like it will, uh, that'll really impact this, this Melbourne stars in particular. So I wanted to give a little bit of a heads up around uh, the fixtures coming up, the, the planner, and that's the Perth Scorchers who have the bye in round four and round five. People will be looking to get rid of their players pretty quickly, or a lot of people out there will be, I should say, uh, seeing those upcoming double buys. I will say, though, that 
in round four and five, the Scorchers are the only teams on the bye in the competition. So they're going to be invaluable uh, for our loopholing uh, methods, for the auto emergencies, for our vice captaincy loop. So you're going to want at least one Scorchers player for that round. Uh, I currently own Cooper Connolly. I'll hold him through that, and I might even look uh, next week, I probably will, to get in Sam Whiteman or potentially a more – I'd probably actually get a more active player, to be fair, uh, for round six and seven to use – two players for the loophole. So uh, bottom line is, though, if you do have them, I wouldn't be looking to fire sale your scorch space because they'll be very, very vital to round four and five. All right, as we know, the Stars and the Renegades are on the double game week in round three. Hot, hot property. Uh, we're all privileged, pretty heavily owned around those sides as it stands due to having both sides having the double in round one as well. So... Uh, look, what's the right number to get in for them? Hard to say. I, I think, you know, if you're sitting around eight to nine, that, that's probably the, the comfortable and, and around about the average for that. I have seen teams that have got an entire 11 players out there, the Merry Christmas, the Green and the Red, just filtering through our super great sides. Uh, look, there's nothing wrong with that. That being said, what we've seen from, in particular, the Stars this season, if they flop and go bad again, it, it could be a tough one to swallow. Uh, the Stars do have the double again in round five, though. So five games in three rounds to a lot. You'd back them to pull something out of their backside uh, for that. First question to get us underway from Justin. He asks, thinking of going early on a Thunder player or two, how many Thunder players do you think for their double and who do you place as must-haves? Yeah, I, I think they're probably one that we really need to be looking at this week, especially, as I said, because Gades and Stars, you know, we're pretty heavily invested in as it stands anyway. So... I think uh, getting at least probably one. I think one's the number, Thunder playing this week. You could potentially do two if you are well stocked up on Stars and Renegades players. But in terms of must-haves for them, <clears throat> not many. Uh, the beauty to their slow start of the season is that there is some players dropping in value very nicely. Look, Dan Sands is the one who at the start of the tournament you would have said would be an absolute must-have for round four. <sighs> really interesting way he started the tournament. He's got an okay role, but... He only bowled two games in the opening game for the Thunder, two overs. He bowled three overs in their second game. So I'm a little bit wary around Dan Sams and certainly wouldn't be probably going early on him. He's batting at number six. So if he starts bowling his four overs again, or even if he locks in his three, he becomes so key. But they've just got so many bowling options uh, that for whatever reason they've said, mate, we're happy to bowl two to three. So... You want to see him bowl four in today's game. I wouldn't be going early, but if he does come out and bowl four today and bats at six as he should, you know, he'll be in just about every team. Uh, then there aren't any must-haves. There are a lot of solid buys. Uh, Tanvir Sanger will probably be the pick of them for me. I have owned since round one. Ollie Davies, we'll get to him shortly, but he's a bloke that I'm probably going to bring into my team this week. You know, Alex Hales, you mentioned, so much upside there. Uh, the risk of bat only, but as is Ollie Davies, but he's a proven international NBBL performer. Hales dropping in price nicely. So they're probably the pick of them. Uh, you look at Cam Bancroft, who's been excellent for them thus far as well. He's got the low break even too and making some cash. So between sort of Bancroft, Hales, Ollie Davies, honestly, take your pick. Uh, Tanvi saying up the pick of the bowlers. Uh, in terms of a number for them for next week, I'd like to think that everyone would have, you know, say at least one player stashed on the bench going into next round. So if you use three trades on Thunder players next week, we'd be looking at, I think four is probably a good number. I think if you can get to five, happy days, but um, four would be good. Anything less, 
you're probably, you know, slightly unders. Question from Joe. I've picked up Hales and Cartwright, trying to figure out a third trade-in for David Payne. I already have four stars and gauge players. I have 160K, another Thunder player maybe. Hilton Cartwright, I'm not that keen on because they've got Glenn Maxwell to come back in. So their top five is probably going to read Harper, Rogers, Maxwell, Webster, Stoinis. Cartwright could bat number six. Probably bats number six. Now, it's tough because on form, he's probably their second best batting their team behind uh, Glenn Maxwell. So after their slow start of the tournament, do they promote Cartwright up? Do they open with him, batting at three, batting at four? I'm not sure. Does he go ahead of Marcus Stoinis? Does Webster drop down the order? Look, as it stands, I would say he probably bats number six. It seems harsh, but with the fire pair above him, they might lean that way, in which case I think he's a really, really risky buy, especially playing in Aubrey to start the round at Lavington where it's a flat, flat deck. Maxi Bryden had a stat I'll see if I can find it, but an absolute ton of runs in that ground last year. So, look, if that is the case and he bats at six, I don't even bat in this game. It's that good. Uh, Lavington is a belter, Maxie writes in his double game week analysis on the SC Playbook website live this morning. Last season, it produced almost 400 runs and 24 sixes, which is almost double the league average. He says you'd expect to see a huge amount of runs and one of the batters is going to get hot. Uh not saying Cartwright is a bad buy. However, he's not for me. Hales, yep, fine if you want to go early on Hales. Assuming you mean when you say I already have four stars engaged, meaning you've got eight, I think that's fine. In which case, yeah, look, if you don't own Sanger, I'd probably go with Sanger. Again, probably the one thing with Sanger in saying that is that he'll be bowling on that absolute road today. So maybe a tough one for the spinner. And maybe you go that the auto-emergency loop play uh, of Ollie Davies or potentially even Cameron Bancroft. I like Ollie Davies. He's looked really, really good this season. Question from Daz. Daz punching out the late mail in the SC Playbook subscriber WhatsApp group this season. Doing an absolutely banging job, the great man. So thank you to Daz for all your hard work there. Daz asked, outside of Maxi, how do you rank the Stars players, particularly bowlers, to be traded in? What's your thoughts on Webster as a trade-in and his, and his role? I like Webster. His role has become a question mark. He didn't bowl in his opening game for the Stars. He'll what, probably bat at number four with Maxwell back. He might bat at three with Maxi at four. Uh, time will tell. Look, he's pretty expensive at about 160K. So I think he, I can't quite, as it stands, sneak him into my team. I've also got Stoinis, Maxwell, and Harper. So there's not a chance I'm getting another bat-only player in my team. Uh, when I say bat-only, he might bowl. We don't know. But as I said, from the sample size we have so far, which is small, he didn't bowl. Uh, I can't afford to go for another Stars batsman with the, the way they've capitulated in recent years and recent games as such. Uh, that being said, I think Webster's a good buy. There's every chance that he does maybe roll the arm over for, for an over or two. Even if he doesn't, he's an explosive batsman. Always just finds – he's always in key positions in the field. He finds catches. He finds runouts. Uh, he's just a good good all-round cricket. So I think he's a good buy, uh, but at the price, I can't quite squeeze him into my side just yet. In terms of the Stars bowlers, it's tough. It's really tough for, for a number of reasons because, firstly, we're taking into consideration, of course, their round five double as well. <clears throat> and as it stands, the Melbourne – the Pakistan board have – only allowed the Stars to play until 
December 29th. Now, that would mean that their uh, Harris Ralph and Usama Mur would be available for the round three double, round four, uh, and then they'd be gone and wouldn't play the round five double. However, Packies have got a series over in New Zealand, came up a test series, and there's a bit of a rumour around that maybe their, their player, a few of their players stay in the BBL instead of going back to Pakistan first. So maybe they sneak in that round. Look, based on what the Packies Pakistan board have put down, I would be assuming that we only get them for round four, uh, but there is a chance of round five. Look, Nathan Coulter-Niles gone till early January. Uh, there is you know, Mark Steckity who could come into the reckoning here. There are so many question marks, and there, there's no real bowlers in this lineup locked in. I'd imagine Murr and Ralph would, would be pretty good for round three double. And off the back of that, at a good price, I like Harris Ralph. I think he's a nice buy. If you could tag the right round five double as well, it would be absolutely invaluable. Uh, that being said, you know, Ralph could be a nice little uh, – uh, sorry, loophole option as a non-playing reserve in round five uh, if required, if he's not playing as well. So, look, I like Harris Ralph. You know, if Mark Stephanie comes in and plays all five games, happy days, but it uh, looks probably a little bit unlikely at this stage. So, a bit of a risk on pretty much every star's bowler. Daz goes on to ask, how do you rank the wicketkeeper trade-ins with Quinton DeCock, Joe Clark, Sam Harper? What's the thinking here? Mate, that's a million-dollar question. Who knows? Like, Quinn de Kock is the class of the three. Joe Clark has runs on the board in the Big Bash in recent years. Sam Harper is marginally the cheapest of the three, and he has the double in round five as well. Uh, in poor form to start the BBL. Sorry, throat was on the way out there. Um, but he had runs on the board coming into the tournament in Shield cricket and around the grounds as well. And the other thing I do like about Harper, despite the poor BBL form to start, really poor, uh, is just again playing it at, at Lavington in, in Albury. That really, really nice deck is pretty enticing. So just to, to sit on an absolute fence, Daz, I, I really find it hard to split them because. Do you go with the class of DeCock? Do you go with the runs on the board of Joe Clark in the BBL? Do you go with Harper and that extra game in round five? Look, I own Harper. I just can't afford DeCock. I think, despite the 30K swing, look, I'm going to get say DeCock. I'll get off the fence and I'll say DeCock. He's had his one knock that he didn't really last long. He was about seven ball duck in his first uh, active game playing in the BBL after that abandoned game in the second game for the Gates. I'm going to say DeCock, just because of his class, because of his upside. That being said, there's so little between all three of them. They could all they could have six ducks between them or six tons. We don't know. Question from Jerry. Traditionally, how many pure bowlers and batters do you pick in your team? Great content as always, legend. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate it, mate. Uh, when you say pure, I assume you mean like, you know, not all rounder roles. So Blokes will just bowl or just bat. Uh, I've been pretty vocal in the past about I hate bat-only players. I just think they're very risky. And I think while they have that upside when they go big, a.k.a. Colin Munro, who was you know the big the big one of round one, we also saw him flop in round two with a bugger or runs there. So I think if you focus on the all-rounders as much as possible in the long run, you're going to be, you're going to be the winner. Basically, I'll try and lock in 
you know, five starting bowlers only in my bowling slots. And then if I can find as many all-rounders as I can uh, into my batting slot. So basically as few bat-only options as I can, I look to, to do. And look, some weeks are harder than others and it can be a little bit difficult to do. But that's the way I sort of play it. Someone like Ollie Davies, who I think is going to come into my team this week, is a little bit of an exception because he's an all right price. He's looked really good, but because the Thunder playing game one this week, I get that auto-emergency loophole option on him. So I get a free swing in him. So if he does go out and get a duck, it's like, okay, cool. Not ideal, but won't impact my score overall score. He goes into the double next week. So basically I'm going, I'm backing Ollie to be good enough, especially on this road in Aubrey to get at least one score in the next three games that I can plug into my team and prove worthwhile. Uh, question from Corey. Corey's a good man, but he's a bit all overshot when he asks his questions. I love you, mate. But uh, do I get two, two Thunderbats where I can't loop Matt Short and Menenti this week in bat bowl, or do I get another Thunderbowl and one bat and can loop in both positions? Uh, mate, I don't entirely understand the question, but if you're looking at two Thunder players... I would be getting Tanvir Sanger into the bowling slot and I would be getting, you know, one of those players that already mentioned, Ollie Davies, Cam Bancroft, Alex Hales uh, in the batting slot. And if I've read your question correctly, that allows you the loophole opportunity in both positions. So I think that's the play if that's the way you're leaning. Question from Anthony. Thoughts on Cartwright as my last trade-in bracket. I'll also bring in Webster and Davies. I'm not too sure on Stars bowlers, especially as some won't be there for both games in round five double. Cartwright also has a relatively low break-even, so hoping for a bit of cash gen. I yeah, sort of spoken about Cartwright before. I said I'm not saying he's a bad trade-in, but you know, I, I don't want to sit on the fence and, and sort of be too uh too conservative. I don't like him as a trade-in. Not because of his cricketing ability. I think he's as I said before, he's the second best bat, you know, in form behind Glenn Maxwell. He just he just doesn't have the role. As it stands, he's batting at five or six uh, on a good deck. How much opportunity will he get in Aubrey? But at the same time, the way we've seen the Stars perform, they just collapse, collapse, collapse. And he's in early and gets a great chance. So, look, not a bad buy, just not for me. And, uh, I mean, if the team is named and Cartwright gets promoted up the order somewhere, changes completely uh, and he becomes a great trade-in. But if, if as expected, he's at five or six, uh, not real keen. And ditto on the Stars bowlers. I They're hard to gauge. I, I will say with Mark Steckity, if Steckity gets named for this game one, uh, we believe the two Pakistani bowlers will be leaving for round the round five double. So there's every chance that the Steck will get the round three double and the round five double. Things can change there, but Steck could be a good little option uh, if that is how it pans out. And he's priced at... 118k so it's a good good price because i was uh watching uh, the game last night the sixes and the strikers and i was just gonna have a little bit of a punt on a little bit of a dabble i was going through the odds and i thought all right who are the obvious options here matty short was about eight dollars i thought that's pretty good value for a bloke in the form that he's in uh playing an all-rounder role i scrolled down i scrolled down i got to cameron boyce at 34 dollars i went that value i'm like if he does happen to take a bag you know just huge huge odds uh, it was getting greedy, and I was like, mate, play with your head. Um, be smart about it. Be smart about it. Put that on. Uh, and then I went to go put on another one. I thought, do I need to do this? You know, it's a Friday night. 
probably have a pun on the races the next day. You sort of sit back and go, oh, all right, am I uh, sort of losing control of the punting a little bit? Got to stay on top of it. Uh, so thankfully, I restrained myself, just did the little one. It was a losing bet, unfortunately. But guys, uh, there are a lot of people out there who do struggle with the punt, whether they know it or they don't. I think there'd be a lot of people out there that sort of have an inkling that they they do have a problem with their gambling. It might lead to some, you know, some problems in your relationships, a bit of stress, you know, obviously financial stress uh, as well a lot a lot of the time. Guys, even if you don't have a major punting problem, <clears throat> you might have a little bit of one, and it's certainly worthwhile uh, trying to get that in control and doing something about it. It's not hard to do. It's hard to do in the sense of taking that step uh, and making the brave step of making the call to do something about a potential punting issue. Um, reach out, do it. Reach out to Sequel, Gareth and his team, uh, to do that. You can email Gareth at gareth.w at sequel.org.au. That is Sequel, C-E-C-A-L. Hit him up directly. Sorry, voices all over the shop. Hit him up directly on Instagram at Sequel Gambling, direct message, or you can give him a buzz on 02 Uh Could dead set change your life, so make that move if you think you're in that boat. The Kuma Stallions trades and skippers for round three. As it stands, as of 10.54 a.m., Saturday morning, 23rd of December. I am getting rid of Sam Billings, Michael Nisa, and David Payne. Coming in, Will Sutherland. Look, he's a big price. Thankfully, as a non-owner, he didn't go too, too well with 27 points uh, in round two. I just think he, he's got the role there. He's still hopefully going to make a little bit of money. I will see how he goes this round, but... The risk of leaving him out after what we saw him do in the opening round and how he's been performing is too much. So I'm just going to get Sutherland in uh, and bite the bullet and pay the price. Ollie Davies as well coming in. I've spoken a, a, a fair bit of length about Ollie, but just such upside. He looks really good. He's also had to come in and sort of stabilise the innings with people falling around in the first few games. So could be set to explode hopefully today uh, in Aubrey. He'll be my auto-emergency on the bench. So if he does go no good, uh, that doesn't matter, and he'll be stored away for the double next week. My third trade is going to be fairly team-dependent. I want to have a look at a few things, but I am looking at a bowler from the Stars, and at this stage, Harris Routh. Look, there's probably some better options at the Renegades, but I already own five Renegades players. The Stars have the double in round three, the double in round five. We don't think Routh will be for the round five double, but he's a world-class talent. He's in the double in round three. He's loopable in round four, playing in the second game of the round, uh, and he's just quality. So probably Harris Ralph in for me at this stage, and give or take, you know, Mark Steckley's one who, who could be a serious option if he's named to play this afternoon uh, as well. As for my captains, if you're not vice captain in Glenn Maxwell in game one, uh, you've got rocks in your head <clears throat> in round. Sorry, the rest of my stars and and Renegades players for the record. Harper, Maxwell, Sutherland, Fraser McGurk, Stoyness, Zampa, Richardson, Mujib, and Ralph. Captain Maxi VC, Captain Will Sutherland. Uh, in the final word write-up on site uh, today, I went through them and sort of the, I was thinking out loud as I wrote, and I was going through all the options at the Renegades, and I struggled to make a strong case for any of them just due to, you know, Zampa loves a loves a little game off over Christmas. Bit of a, a family man, he must be Zamps. So does he definitely play both games? Probably, but I'm not sure. He hasn't in the past. 
Majid, there was actually somebody out around him playing both games with an Afghanistan tour coming up. Richardson, you know, there's Peter Siddle in the squad now as well. Quick rotations. Richo has had a recent injury, I think, at the start of December, late November. Does he get a rotation? Fraser McGurk, look, huge, huge upside there, but you're a braver man than I, uh, certainly you're a braver woman than I. If you are, if you're going Jake Fraser McGurk, geez, it could pay off and it'd be a fun watch, but it'd be a scary watch because if he goes duck dark, you'd be in all sorts. It all signs lead to Will Sutherland for me. He's got the role, batting at sort of six or seven there. And he's a good batting order in front of him, but can come in late, uses a pinch hitter as well at times. Bowling is four overs, so Will Sutherland is the play for the Kuma Stallions. Guys, that is it for the question and answer podcast for Supercoach BBL round three, which will take us through to Boxing Day. So, yeah, in the meantime, have an absolute ripper of a Christmas. Hope everyone enjoys it out there and has a good bit of time with family and friends. Uh, I reckon I'll be back on Boxing Day with – could be the Supercoach spy back on the podcast for Boxing Day, I'm thinking, so – Uh, We'll talk to you then, and good luck this week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 